to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by poppycrock.com. All your fake news in bite-sized portions. Go to poppycrock.com for more information or misinformation. That's poppycrock.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Don't ever let people use you. You're running all over town with stolen property. If you get caught, you get in trouble while he gets to deny the whole thing and walk away. Y- you mean you want us to take it back to Tony? No, I'll take it back to Tony with a message. Now. Where are you going? School. Why? To get educated. Why? So I can go to college. And why is that important? To get respect. Respect. Now who's the bad guys? Guys who sell drugs. Guys who have guns. And who's the good guys? We're the good guys. Who's going to help you? Nobody. So who's going to help? We're going to help ourselves. And who do we not want to help us? White, White people. That's right. Bustello is back. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recording from the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I am getting used to the recording thing. Oh, dad noises. Okay, anyways, uh, on the podcast today, oh, yeah, you can find me on the social medias. Instagram, at positive underscore sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. TikTok, at positive uh, sarcasm. You can also find me on the Discord at positive sarcasm. Is that how you, is that how you look for people on Discord, or do you have like a digit or something like that? Just drop me a digit on uh, Discord, and also through my usual social media. You can also email me directly at positive sarcasm at outlook dot com. got to calm down on that one. Uh, got some what I got today. I got to think about um how to make coffee. I got a study with vegetarians. Doom Eternal, um, the executive from Doom Eternal responds regarding the Mick Gordon situation. I wanted to follow that through to its conclusion. 
Of course, we got Q&A as usual, and that's what else we got. Oh, yeah, I rewatched re- 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 Chernobyl. And I have thoughts on that. I also watched an interview with uh, the supervisor of the Chernobyl test before its meltdown was uh, Comrade Dyatlov. And let's see, thoughts on TikTok. And then we'll end up, of course, with Q&A. I got shit to do. Let's get after it. Okay. So, yes, uh, after a long uh, hiatus from the podcast, the Cafe Bustello makes its triumphant Cubano return. If you don't know what Cafe Bustello is, well, let me fill you in. Well, okay, for the last... I'd say 10 weeks, 10 weeks, two weeks. Uh, it's actually probably longer than that. I have been uh, drinking, what is it? Aroma Joe's medium roast whole bean. Um, that was five pounds worth. And then finally just ran out of the bag. And then I decided, okay, we're going to go with a mix. I'm going to start doing mixes of all the coffees that I normally drink. And so, I decided to go back and get some Cafe Bustello. I wanted something medium roast uh, Aroma Joe's is good, but it's kind of it, it's it's actually very good. But I wanted something with a little more bite, but uh, a bite that I was used to because Lavazza doesn't have bite; it has like more like aftertaste. But I still had a ton of Lavazza Classico left. But I wanted to mix it with something else, so I got Javalia French roast, and then I got some Cafe Bustello. Cafe Bustello comes in a yellow, either yellow can or a yellow, um, basically like a a vacuum sealed uh vacuum sealed tight bag and then you cut it on the top and the pressure release releases it's really tasty uh but it's 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 definitely got bite to it and you make some may, many may consider it a low quality co- a lower quality coffee it, sh- tell them to shut up okay you, some people it's just tell them shut up the idea is it is a very good coffee it is an excellent iced coffee it is it makes an excellent cubano coffee and it is an excellent mixer coffee and right now i'm drinking uh so just just definitely go out and look it up take it once you uh open up the once you um once you cut the vacuum seal on that just take it and put it in like a jar or like a coffee canister and then you're good to go and then mix that like one small scoop of bustello two small scoops of uh, javalia or your normal fine coffee and then one scoop of maybe something else and then make your iced coffees out of it or your hot coffees out of it, or your cappuccinos or lattes out of it. And if you compress it enough, you can make us uh, espressos out of it. It's delicious. Right now, I got it with a little bit of uh, um, uh, coconut milk and ice, and I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. It's my, I haven't had an iced coffee on the podcast in quite some time, so mm. I highly recommend it. However, there was an issue here. There was an issue, and I'm probably going to get pissed. This is on Raw Story dot com saying sorry french press users but study says what is this get the fuck out of here i don't want to talk to you but study says you should filter your coffee really let's find out why all right this is the by the atlantic atlanta journal constitution what do they know coffee fuels early risers and night owls and during coronavirus isolation many people are brewing their own drinks at home a recent yeah right i saw a line of dunkin donuts get the fuck out of here are brewing their own drinks at home yeah okay first of all that's bullshit a recent study shows only one problem with that if you use a french press you aren't filtering your coffee well enough our study provides strong and convincing evidence of a link between coffee brewing methods heart attacks and longevity no it doesn't and let's see, study author Dag S. Tell 
a professor at the University of Gothenburg, Sweden, said in a press release, unfiltered coffee contains substances which increase blood cholesterol using a filter, removes these, and makes heart attacks. Uh, is that it? Is that where the fuck? Th- what? What? Is that it? Is that where the fucking thing ends? And makes heart attacks what? Do I- Don't tell me I have to subscribe. I'm gonna flip my shit if I have to subscribe. I thought this was- Okay, okay. I'm sorry, we're good. Alright, only calm down. Alright. Makes heart attacks and premature death less, li- less likely if you use a filter. These The research was public published recently in the European Journal of Preventative Cardiology, a journal of the European Society of Cardiology. Teal discovered 30 years ago that drinking coffee was linked to bad LDL cholesterol to such an extent it was likely to have detrimental consequences for heart health. Experiments identified the bad substances in coffee they found that could be used using a filter. Removed using a filter. A cup of unfiltered coffee contains about 30 times the concentration of lipid-raising substances compared to filtered coffee. We wondered whether this effect on cholesterol would result in more heart attacks and death from heart disease. So over the course of 20 years, Teal conducted a study on a representative sample of the Norwegian population. 508,747 healthy men and women ages 20 to 79. Participants completed a questionnaire amount of coffee they consumed during those 20 years. 46,000 participants died. 12,000 were due to cardiovascular. Of the cardiovascular deaths... Um... All right, I'm getting I'm getting bored of this fucking article already. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. 6,200 were caused by a heart attack. The study found that filtered coffee was safer than no coffee at all. That drinking filtered coffee was safer than no co- coffee at all. Filtered coffee was linked to 15% reduced risk of death from any cause during follow-up. For death from cardiovascular disease, filtered brew was associated with 12% decreased risk in death of men and 20% risk in lowered risk in women compared to no coffee. The lowest mortality. The study also confirmed blah, blah, blah. Also found that unfiltered coffee was worse than filtered brew for death of the cause, death due to cardiovascular disease and death of heart attacks. Our, our analysis shows that this was partly because of the cholesterol increasing, increasing effect of unfiltered coffee. All right, and they say it's the bad LDLs. Now, cholesterol has been such a such a debatable topic mm. since, like, all these other alternative diets have popped up. Now, they say that bad L- that LDL is the bad cholesterol, and it raises that. First of all, you need LDL in order to build muscle, build and maintain muscle. It's Cholesterol is important when you're building, when you're working out. You need it. Um, that's why bodybuilders eat so many freaking eggs. Now, is that possible that if you use a filter, it is going to... Um, remove specific contaminants when you drink a coffee yeah that i would i would i would agree any type of use a filter you're obviously going to be removing more contaminants question now the this study before attacking this uh a study which i probably already have and probably will um anytime you use a filter yeah you are filtering out more coffee more grinds anytime you use a french press you are getting more of the grind you are getting a thicker darker coffee you're getting a more flavorful blend question is where are you getting your water from uh how long what kind of boiling water are you using it's a you're getting you're drinking a different thing you're drinking a completely different thing when it comes to your coffee when you french press it versus whether you use a filter now what kind of filter are we talking about paper filter plastic filter pour over coffees keurigs what are you referring to as far as a filter i want more detailed information on that now of course now is it if that's the case is it healthier to drink from a keurig uh, cough, or a regular coffee thing as opposed to like a French press? Well, what about fucking boiling water in a plastic item? 
Like most people, the Keurig is a pure a Keurig is made out of plastic. Uh, uh, filter coffees, like regular push button programmable coffee thingies, that's all plastic that you're drinking. So w tell me what what is so healthy about that? Uh, as far as a pour over coffee, you're getting as or excuse me, a French press, you're getting. Uh, what do you call it? You're getting more potassium. You're getting more ma uh, more supplement per cup because you are you're getting more of the brew. You're also getting just better tasting coffee. I've never ever had better tasting coffee than from a percolator or than from a uh, or from a French press. Anytime I've had to use a filter, I haven't got that good. Of, I haven't gotten as good a coffee. Anytime you go to a Starbucks, you're not getting filtered brew. You're getting specifically stuff that comes from a $4,000 machine. You're not getting stuff from a filtered coffee. You're not getting stuff from a filtered brew. That's not that through a filtered process. That's not how that works. You're getting concentrated, dense coffee. So I'm not sure. It's from Norwegian. This is a Norwegian study, I think. So I'm not sure how this translates. This is one of the things that you have to... I don't know. I don't like. I don't know. I I'm skeptical about it, but I wanted to present it to you. But okay, if it does raise LDL, then yes, there is a strong possibility that it is going to create a, more of a heart attack. Can you use a filter though when you're French pressing? I'm curious to know if you. I mean, maybe you can, depending upon the how you set it up. Like for example, when you press down, the thicker, the finer the grains when you press down, um, in a French press, it's going to be harder to press down. And if you press too hard, the whole thing just blows up on you. Too much pressure. It's like reactor number four in Chernobyl. The, but if you can use a filter when you're press when you're French pressing, I'll, I'd give it a shot. I'd give it a shot. But French presses have become so much, the 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 um, what do you call it? The filter, the actual steel filter, the metal filter that they put on them have become so much better. So I'm curious to know, can you actually put a filter on a French press? If you can, I'm open to the idea of it as far as putting like a, taking an actual paper filter, putting it between the metal filter that's on a fresh French press and then pressing down and seeing the study there that if it possibly links, um, if, the, if the link between LDL cholesterol and French press decreases. I don't know, just, just out of curiosity. Um, but that's number one. And I can't debunk this because I'm probably going to be dead in 20 years anyways from probably a fucking heart attack. Something's going to piss me off to the point where I'm going to stroke out. Mm. So, yeah, I wanted to present you to that. All right, we're done with this. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's move on to another article that will potentially piss me off. This is from Toronto Sun. Study links vegetarian and veganism. Oh, actually, you know what? This is this one actually hits my soft spot right here. Study links vegetarian and veganism diets to increase likelihood of depression. Just going to poke a little fun at vegetarians for a while. Or not vegetarians, vegans. A burger a day keeps depression away? Not exactly, but it might help, according to a new to a new American study. Oh, you know this one's been tainted. The University of Alabama, well, <laughs> compiled a report 18 studies and looked at more than 160,000 people. It found that a vegetarian or vegan diet may increase the likelihood of depression. The UK's Daily Mail reported that the study found people eating a plant-based diet were twice as likely to take prescription drugs for mental illness and just about three times more likely to contemplate suicide. <laughs> 
Uh, it also indicated that 33% of vegetarians suffer from depression or anxiety. According to researchers, avoiding meat might be a behavioral marker of people already with increased mental health struggles, though they conceded that they would require further study to prove. They concluded that vegetarians and vegans had significantly higher rates of risk of depression, anxiety, and self-harm. Well, anyways, if you're not eating meat, your testosterone is compromised. And anytime you're, if you're a male and your testosterone is, comp is compromised, your attitude, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be less aggressive therefore you're going to be more depressed if you eat a lot of meat or like red meat if you're like specifically on like a carnivore diet you're going to feel more aggressive but that's you you are you're going to feel more aggressive that's just how it is uh ever since i've kind of pulled a lot of carbs out of my diet and i've just been eating a lot more meat um i've definitely felt more aggressive but i'm fine with that as i'm pro i'm totally fine with being aggressive i'm okay with that i'm not scared but I found that, yeah, if you are a vegetarian, first of all, if you are eating a lot more uh, vegetarian-based diet and you're not using performance-enhancing drugs, yeah, it just seems like uh, this, I mean, there is a lot to, uh, there is a lot to take away from this as far as if you are not eating meat, a lot of people that don't eat meat, for example, or just don't eat any animal-based proteins in general, there's a lot of them out there that also don't work out. They also eat a lot of processed stuff that they don't realize they're eating processed stuff. And uh, they're just weaker individuals in general. Therefore, and if you're not doing anything to push yourself physically or mentally, yeah, you're going to get depressed. You're going to be very sensitive to just anything. This is where the triggering came from. Uh, people that just eat meat, they have, more, they have more energy. And I don't mean the burger chompers, but... I mean people that have a stronger diet that consists of a small amounts of uh, animal-based proteins. Ice coffee. I want to make a meat coffee. That'd be awesome. Red meat coffee. Uh, the idea that... Let me see here. Let's keep going with this article because I just had a thought, but I lost it. Anyways. Uh, let's see. The researchers cautioned, our study does not support avoiding meat consumption for overall overall psychological health benefits. The study, Meat and Mental Health, a systematic review of meat and abs abstention and depression anxiety-related phenomena, was published in the journal Critical Reviews in Food Science and Nutrition. Okay. Okay, first of all, in a male, anything that, uh, any meat, when you eat meat, it affects your testosterone, okay? If you eat foods that are highly processed, if you eat highly processed meats, then that's going to hurt your digestion. It's going to hurt your testosterone. The, and we should break it down to this. Anytime that you eat, uh, if your food is very low processed, natural, basically to its original element, the fuck is this shit? Get out of here. Um, like, for example, if you eat a steak versus a burger, you're better. Because a steak is added to it's in its an original form. It's not processed. The body is going to break it down in the way it should break it down. If you're eating a burger, it's ground beef. It's more processed. Uh, you're having you have lettuce, tomato, pickles, onions, uh, mayonnaise, or whatever you put on your burger. You have a bun. You have a bun. You have more stuff to process. If you're just eating a regular burger, there's more stuff to process. There are days for a burger. Don't get me wrong, but. If you're eating a burger from McDonald's, yeah, you're in for a hurting. That shit's good. That shit is no good for you. Um, but the same thing goes for like if you were eating vegan, if you were eating like you know Impossible Burgers or whatnot. That stuff is super processed. That stuff is terrible for you. That's gonna hurt your testosterone. If you're a woman, it's gonna hurt your estrogen levels. 
Uh, too much estrogen. Too much estrogen in a woman is no good. That's if when, especially you also have to consider this uh, for ladies taking freaking uh, birth control pills. I mean, there are a lot of them. It makes them really moody because of it. Uh, because it's extra estrogen. So yeah, it's it's it will it, for some it can make it can cause significant mood swings. Just something to keep in mind. I'm not telling you not to take uh, to take birth control. I'm just simply stating that. Anytime you put something in your body that is not 100% natural or close to its original format, uh, it's going to have some significant effects on the body. So as far as the link to depression, I can totally see that. But you have to you have to always look at the core group, the core sample of the group. And from what I'm... Wait, there we go. Wait. You know what drives me nuts? These stupid... Um, Hewlett Packards or old co or compacts, they have this little weird button on the touchpad that if you hit it, it, you can't even really see it. It's just like a little indentation. It turns the fucking touchpad off. It's annoying. But there we go. Anyways, um, you have to look at the core sampling of the group because if you have somebody who is a straight vegan, but they take TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, it's not going to matter that they're a vegan because they're already genetically modified uh, by taking basically a steroid or whatever. If they're taking like Deanabol or DECA and they're taking TRT or some type of growth hormone, it doesn't matter. It cancels out the fact that they're only eating legumes and artichoke hearts. But yeah, ooh, that sounds pretty good though. Uh, but if you're not taking that, then yeah, you are relying specifically on the cycle of proteins you're getting from vegetables. And remember, it, vegetables, you're more likely to have a testosterone lowering effect. So you have to keep that in mind. You have to keep that in mind. Not saying you shouldn't eat vegetables. It's super important in your diet. Um, but you have to keep that in mind that if you're just going straight vegetarian, it is more difficult. It is a lot more difficult to get your complete uh, and your complete amount of proteins for your body. And if you are, yeah, and let's see here. 160,000 people. Now, it, it, I'm going to mostly contribute it to the fact that people eat a lot of processed food. When you when you break it down to its basic level, a lot of people eat processed shit, whether they're vegetarians, vegans, carnivores, uh, or you know whatever your diet falls in line with. It has strictly to do with, uh, mostly to do with the fact that these people are just eating processed food. It's been processed. And that's that is going to cause a massive amount it's gonna have a massive effect on your body it's and and anything that's going on up in your brain and anything that's going on in your veins anything that's going on in your in your well in your nether regions basically anything that can affect your testosterone anything that can affect your body uh that's why i'm always like I'm super cognizant of, of what I eat. I'm always fasting. I'm always uh, making sure that whatever I'm eating, I'm cooking myself. The, the, the uh, salts and ingredients that I add to it uh, don't have a, a ton of like starches or corn syrups or anything heavily processed in there. But I can see like 30, it says 33%. Uh, yeah, large amount of vegetarians suffer from depression or anxiety. That could be a ton of things. Uh, that could be a ton of things. That could just be the fact that they're just not doing anything with their lives. And depending upon the world, what the situ what's, what country it was done in, what um, what their dietary habits are like. Now, would I take a, a meat eating per a meat a meat eating group of people over a vegetarian group of people? Yeah, I would any day of the week, any day of the week. 
They're just gonna have they're gonna have more energy. They're gonna have more of what I'm looking for. Uh, but the the idea is this is just like just like the article I read before this. I think that this there's an, this is an incomplete study. This is an incomplete study. The war of information is crazy right now too, and I'm trying my very very best to find information that uh, doesn't really have to do with the coronavirus right now. And maybe it's just time to like disconnect for a while as far as uh, what do you call it? So like there's just so much information. A lot of people are just they're working from home or they're stuck home or they're furloughed and all they're doing is reading shit online. And that can you know what just doing that and stuffing your 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 face with uh information online is enough to put you into a information overload which can lead to depression. And that's another thing too, depression or anxiety. Just from reading too much shit online, your brain can't handle it. The the human brain has never ever in its in, in entire existence ever tried to absorb this much information in a small amount of time. Like, the amount of bandwidth that we're trying to take in right now is too much. And it's causing severe overload to the point where we people have to step away. People are embracing um, nature like never before. People do need to... I can't wait for the beaches to open up because people do need to kind of just get away and experience human interaction and just going out and being... Uh, out in the world because being stuck at home right now, people are just, all they're doing is going online and just shoving information and misinformation in their faces. They're breaking down. And I mean, for me, it's hard to, because I look at, I read all these articles and stuff like that all day long and it's killing my able, ability to focus on the articles and parse what's good and what's bad. And sometimes I feel like I have an article uh, nailed down and how I'm going to approach it, and then next thing I know, bleh, the mics come on and I kind of fall apart. Yeah, just like the first uh, 25 minutes of this podcast. Anyways, um, so as far as my thoughts on this, uh, if you are vegetarian or vegan diet, may may increase the likelihood of depression. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're eating the wrong shit, or if you're eating the wrong proteins, or you're not eating any of the animal proteins and you don't have a knowledge of proper nutrition, yeah, you're more likelihood to, uh, your likelihood of being uh, more inactive, not depressed, but just inactive. I think you're like, I think the percentages would go up in that case. But, I mean, the University of Alabama, I don't know. That's, I mean, a great football team, don't get me wrong. I'm not sure what else they're really highly qualified in, but I guess the, we'll start here. But, I also I've been following um this thing with Doom Eternal. Like I said, I, a few weeks ago, I'm gonna start calling out companies if they're being shitty. Like you know, I, I yell about Comcast and uh, you know other companies like that all the time. Well, there was this little tiff uh, that happened between uh, Mick Gordon. For those who weren't uh, watching, listening to what watching or listening last week's podcast and the week before that, where um, id Software, the creators of Doom decided that they were going to finish the uh, soundtrack to Doom Eternal themselves, and that apparently pissed off uh, Mick Gordon and pissed a bunch of people off online. Then Mick Gordon said that he didn't mix those tracks himself. Uh, Some other audio designer did it, finished it, and it doesn't sound as good. So he's not, because of that, he's he's less likely to work with, uh, with id Software again. Well, finally, the executive producer from id software addressed it marty stratton who first brought back doom in 2016 and he addressed this situation why 
Uh, Mick Gordon was upset and won't be working on the upcoming DLC, the Doom Eternal soundtrack uh, full package. What, what happened specifically? Now, I do remember when Doom Eternal was first announced, it was going to come out in like November of 2019. That didn't happen. It got pushed to March. Um, still by March, the soundtrack was not done. So there was a bunch of rips, uh, low-quality rips that were going online. They still sounded really cool. But then that ha- situation happened where they were somebody online compared Mick Gordon's version of the soundtrack of original Doom to the new one. It didn't sound as good, and it kind of spun out of control. So here's what ha- here's Marty Stratton, um, who's the and then of course id Software is the designer of the game. They are not the publishers of the game. That's uh, Bethesda. And obviously, anytime a game comes out, anytime a game is is uh, being designed, it has a timetable of when it's supposed to be released. And when games are pushed out too early, their quality suffers. There were games like Giant Citizen Kabuto, which was a real promising game, but because it kept getting it, it its publishing date, and it just ended up being a giant pile of shit. It, well, it wasn't a giant pile of shit, but ultimately became forgettable. It was supposed to be... Uh, a game that was going to change things and it didn't. So when this and Doom was a highly anticipated game, people were okay with waiting an extra few months. But apparently there was a contract in place to have this thing, this soundtrack done in 3 months. And Mick Gordon Mick Gordon didn't have anything have it all finished. So let me dive into the article here because if Doom Eternal if if id wants to if I'm going to go after id or Bethesda, I want to hear all sides of the story before I come up with a conclusion. And maybe it's just one of those things that's just unfortunate. So there was some concern about Doom Eternal soundtrack fan noticing some problems with the mix. This led to rumors of composer Mick Gordon not returning to future Bethesda projects. However, a recent open letter from id Software executive producer Marty Stratton sheds more light into the debacle. Stratton begins with a letter with a brief overview of the situation between Gordon and id as well as stating the criticisms the team, specifically the lead audio designer, has re- received throughout this period. Stratton states that due to how this whole situation affects on the team, he felt compelled to tell the entire story. Good, because I want to hear somebody else's comments. I don't want to hear the same uh, bullshit corporate jargon. I want to actually hear from the developers and from the publishing companies and, and the lead designers and producers what is actually going on. The more transparency, the better. If you just hide behind that corporate bullshit where it's unfortunate or we're doing this or we're not commenting at this time, that's garbage. That's not going to work for me, and I'm going to call you out on that. Quote, some have suggested that we've been careless with or disrespectful of the game music, says Stratton. Others have speculated that Mick wasn't given the time or creative freedom to deliver something different or better. The fact is none of that is true. Along with fans realizing problems with the mix of the soundtrack, Gordon's reply on social media where he says, Doubt will work together again fueled that fire a bit. It seems before that point, this response was a surprise to Stratton and id Software. That's, this is an under, unquote. As they had never discussed ending their partnership. Despite Gordon's talents, which Stratton applauds, he states that their issues are more production-related than quality-related. Quote, Talent aside, we have struggled to connect on some of the more production-related re- realities of development. While communications around those issues have eroded trust, says Stratton. For id, this has created an unsustainable pattern of project uncertainty and risk. It seems id, Sother, and Gordon have agreed to get music in early by March, as well as the corp- as well as the composer complete creative control of the Doom Eternal soundtrack. 
Gordon reached out in late February and stated that the terms of the agreement were fine, but would need additional four weeks to get everything done, which was accommodated by id Software, according to Stratton. Once early April hit, Stratton had already asked the lead audio designer to begin work on the backup plan, which included using compressed versions of the music. These are the versions you hear in the game and the ones id Software had access to. Rather than the uncompressed, more dynamic versions Gordon was working on, Stratton also emailed Gordon about hitting the agreed deadline in which the composer suggested they could combine both his and the audio engineer's work to create a more comprehensive soundtrack. These problems seem to have persisted throughout the production process, which led to the problems with the Doom Eternal soundtrack. According to the letter, Stratton and Gordon have talked about the composer's social media posts. In the end, it seems... Okay, maybe we're getting speculative now. In the end, it seems... So, id Software will no longer be working with Gordon on the DLC that is currently in production. Whether this extends to all future id Software projects is still unclear, but it certainly seems likely. Quote, I'm as disappointed as anyone that we're at this point, but we have, but as we have many times before, we will adapt to changing circumstances and pursue the most unique and talented artists in the industry with whom to collaborate, blah, 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 says Stratton. Our team has enjoyed the creative collaboration a great deal, and we know Mick will continue to delight fans for many years ahead. Uh, let's see, is there more to this? Doom Eternals? Yeah, okay. Uh, what's the influence shooting crime? Blah, blah, blah. So, obviously Mick is, Mick seems pissed He's obviously he's he clearly is upset because he said that we'll doubt that we'll be working with id Software again. Um, deadlines are tough. This happens often. Now, obviously, if the money's right, Mick will come back. Now, that creative freedom, it is, first of all, it is tough. I'll give it to Mick. It's got to be tough to create something truly different. Number one, he did have to convince uh, the creators of id Software to utilize his type of music. Remember when they first did the, the making of the Doom soundtrack? They didn't want any guitar. They wanted all electronics. So he did that. He created an electronic sound to the new, uh, to the new game. But then he started creating guitar in, a, in an electronic way. He started adding distortion and more noise. And then eventually the guitar found its way in and he convinced them to use it. And the guitar has been excellent for the Doom sound overall. It sounds aggressive, it's bold, it's it's violent. And then, so he convinced them. Now, obviously, they wanted to go back to using Mick Gordon for the new one. They agreed to terms. He had a deadline. He had it extended. Uh, it seems toward the end, though, it does make sense, though, they had to push, they wanted to push the game out a little bit a little bit further to get everything done for April, but then they eventually had to complete the game. They had to complete the game. They had to get some stuff in line, and apparently Mick wasn't ready. Now, it sucks. That it may seem like to me, shit happens. This it's a situation where, obviously, they ruffled feathers on Mick's side. There was some corporate decisions involved to eventually have the game ready for this late March release. As far as like the actual soundtrack that's being released for Doom Eternal, that's available online for purchase or download or whatever. That's different. I don't know how that's being filled up. But it just seems like in this situation, Marty and Hugo and the people at id, they were they they tried. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. They did try their in a, a lot to make sh to accommodate Mick because m the music in this situation makes the game. It really does. And it, I it 
would suck if they decided to make another to make a sequel to Doom Eternal and mix not a part of that. It would take something sig- significantly better than the Doom and Doom Eternal soundtrack to convince fans to buy into that. And I know sometimes you got to you got to change things up creative wise and bring new people in to kind of reinvigorate a franchise or certain parts of a franchise. Uh but like I said, that's a process they're gonna take time with. They don't want, and you don't want to alienate the fans. And thankfully, with the gameplay of Doom sixteen, Doom twenty sixteen, and Doom Eternal, they have not done that. And the music is awesome, no doubt. But that's another thing to consider as far as you you have you do you got to create a game. In order to that, you need the funds. You need a publisher. You need a timeline. You need a plan. You need the right project designers. You need all that shit involved. And then you need that soundtrack in there, and you need to. Com- There's so many other moving parts, so maybe that they can come up with something. If maybe some some collaboration can be made down the down the road when they decide if they decide to make a Doom uh, a, a sequel, a trilogy to this, and Mick is involved. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm just curious to see how that's going to work out. It's just I, I wanted to get Marty Stratton's uh, side of the story regarding this because um, I respect what they did with the game. Uh, a lot and i'm still playing through it and i'm loving i'm i'm loving it uh not doom eternal but doom 2016 i'm playing right now and i can see how the music makes it it really does make the game now i'm just curious i i wanted to get see what he has to say but there wasn't anything regard hugo didn't say anything about this bethesda hasn't said anything about this it's been specifically uh marty stratton but Marty Stratton is, at this point, is id Software. He's the one representing them. He's the one who walks out onto the platform, at, uh, walks onto the stage at E3 and talks to the crowd. He's the one. Hugo's there as well, but Marty Stratton is the face of id right now. So uh, it's good for him to actually speak out about that, and I wish more companies would kind of follow his lead. And this, for him to be honest about that, or at least, I, in my opinion, possibly honest about it, it may change the course for how companies, hopefully some at least, uh, do business. So, uh, okay. So that's, I wanted to bring that up for Doom Eternal. Um, it's been about a few months since I've been on, on TikTok. Now, social media is a weird dog. It is a very, very weird dog indeed. Facebook, it seems like it's, first of all, all social media is filled with bullshit. Facebook, its timeline is filled with bullshit and stupid memes that everybody's seen before and none of it's funny. Um, as far as Instagram, Instagram is... Instagram, at least, it, it can cater to the things that you're looking for as far as if you want to look at pictures of this or pictures of that. But for the most part, you know what's funny? I look at a lot of meme meme accounts, like uh, Nugget on Instagram, and all it really is now is... Um, just a, it's it's just like advertisements for girls who have OnlyFans account. What would be weirder? What would be, or what would make you more concerned that your boyfriend or girlfriend has an OnlyFans account or that they have a TikTok account? Uh, because I mean I get it. If you have an OnlyFans account, you're gonna be showing some stuff. But if you're gonna be if you have a TikTok account, you are gonna be showing off talents that nobody cares about, and it. TikTok, I mean, to be on there for the past three months, there's a lot of stupid shit on there. Singing to songs is it, it not not relevant to me. Um, 
there's uh, there's a lot of Trump fans on. I have to be a, not that it's a bad thing, but there's a lot of Trump fans on on TikTok. Good for them, but it's weird. But I see a lot of the same themes that are just not entertaining at all. Like I don't sit on TikTok for long periods of time. I'm usually I'm really just on there to post the shit that I post from Facebook and YouTube and Instagram onto TikTok. But I spend no time on there. And another thing that annoys me on on TikTok is if you're listening to like podcasts, if you go and switch over to TikTok, it shuts the podcast off until you exit the TikTok app. And I find that kind of annoying because let's say I don't want to listen to what some stupid bitch is talking about. Well, okay, well then why would I want to stop a conversation between Joe Rogan and Adam Greentree when I why would I want to stop that just to listen to some chick talk about her diet? I don't care about that shit or whatever. If I want, like on Instagram, I like it. If you're scrolling and some in a video, it has sound or whatever. You click it and then the sound comes on. Whereas TikTok, you have to be fully immersed in it and you have to stop what you're doing. I don't want to do that. If I want to listen to what they have to say, then I'll click the thingy. So uh, I'm not sure I get it. It's another weird avenue of social media, but it's not productive. It's It's not productive. It's... Social media is just an like. I wish Twitter wasn't like the loaded gun that it was and super toxic. Like Instagram is probably my favorite because I get ideas for stuff. TikTok, I get no ideas. Facebook, I get no ideas. And tick, uh, and Twitter, well, I more than likely would have just got kicked off. But I ended up leaving Twitter altogether. So I think the whole I I think the winner here is probably Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn is fucking pointless at this. Yeah, LinkedIn is just beyond pointless. I don't even care about LinkedIn. I'm not sure. I think social media is kind of... Is social media on its way out? What's the next step? What's beyond this? What's Because likes don't matter on, on Instagram anymore. I mean, it's... Maybe it's... I don't know. Even Do views even matter? How do you make money at this point? You have to pay to get your shit boosted. Although I do have to admit the smartest thing that Facebook ever did was create the marketplace. I don't know how they're doing it, but the Facebook marketplace is pretty impressive. There's a lot there's a lot of money to be made on there, and it takes a lot of it takes a lot of power away from Craigslist. There's a lot of power away from Craigslist. Uh it doesn't force you to use it. Um uh, it doesn't it doesn't force you to use um uh, yeah, it doesn't force you to use uh, Facebook, but it definitely, um, what do you call it? I just fucking, I just realized that this stupid compact computer that I have uh, has like an, a one hour battery in it. So I, I just lost all my, I, did I lose all my articles? God, I hope not. Uh, did I just lose all my articles? Let's find out. Let's see how fucking stupid I am. Let's see. Go to Firefox, and I bet you I can restore all that shit. Did I really just lose? What happened here? 18%. Oh, no, they're back. Woohoo! All right, good. Um, Let's see. Yeah, TikTok, I, I don't see the future of it. Insta- I mean, and as far as the Facebook Marketplace versus Craigslist, you, get, you do get less creepers on Facebook Marketplace, and there are more soccer moms on, on Facebook Marketplace looking to buy shit. Where is um, Craigslist is more matrixy 
Now, don't get me wrong. You can still make a lot of money and, and find a lot of shit on Craigslist, but it just looks archaic, and people like the cleaner format of Facebook Marketplace. However, it is, it is annoying when somebody sends you a message as that's available, and then you say yes, and then they never respond to you. That's the dumb thing about it. Um, what an, and yeah, that, that, that specifically. Um, so yeah, there you go. Now I do like the, the, I do enjoy the anonymity of, of Craigslist. If you want, if you want anonymity, you can get it because it sends you an encrypt the, your email is encrypted. So they, they just say, they send you a message, an email. Is this available? You can respond. Yes. They still don't know what your email is. However, if you post something on Facebook marketplace, they ask you if this, is this available? Boom. Your profile's right there. So they know what your name is, where you live, and then they can find more information about you right through there as soon as you post something. Whereas at least with Craigslist, most of your information is, I know that you want to sell it to somebody, but once you put something on Facebook Marketplace, anybody can see who you are. Anybody can see who you are. So there's, there's no really hiding yourself. That's the big, that's my big concern. Because uh, there is there is there's a lot of creepers out there, and Facebook Marketplace only allows them to take their creeper up a notch. Anyways, uh, what else? Are we... I'm going to do maternal. I've got, okay, so I crappily went over the French Press article. I crappily went over the study links vegetarian to depression, although I do kind of enjoy that. We reviewed the do maternal uh, response from Marty Stratton over Mick Gordon. Uh, and then let's just finish up with some dig Q&A, because there was some fucking phenomenal Q&A for today. Let me close out all this other garbage. Fascinating visual, new tab. I don't care about that. Uh, study links, vegetative depression. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I'm a mess today. I am a mess. All right. Here's the dig Q&A. Should I continue to put pieces of my husband's toenails in his coffee whenever he leaves them around the house? My husband has an extremely obnoxious habit that I have spoken to him about I have spoken to him about several times over the past 5 years. He will pick at his toenails while watching TV and then leave remnants on the couch where he's been sitting. I will periodically find large chunks of toenail clippings randomly on our couch, coffee table and floor. It's not often, but every few months I will find these lovely gifts. I have explained to him that it is disturbing and gross and embarrassing if someone were to come over. I have politely requested that he do this in the bathroom. My requests have gone unnoticed and have been ignored. I feel disrespected and grossed out. I have begun to passively aggressively, passive aggressively handle this by picking up the clippings whenever I find them and putting them in his coffee cup in the mornings. I know this is wrong, but I find some relief in making him discover his own toenail clippings in his coffee. What else can I do? How can I help him understand that this is neither acceptable nor fair to me? You know, it just occurred to me that you're there's something really, really wrong in this marriage, and I think it goes beyond toenail clippings. When I see shit like that, there is some other stuff brewing, and that is definitely a chick move to actually do that. Now, imagine if the chick was doing that. The guy would be like, hey, can you fucking knock it off? Whereas the girl's like, let's put his dirty, nasty toenail clippings in his morning coffee. How And, and yeah, both are gross. Both are gross. I think there's probably I, I think there's probably more productive ways of approaching your husband of 20 or 10 or whatever years or months or days than taking his gross ass stuff and okay first of all that's not healthy. What he's doing isn't healthy, but what you're doing is flat out disgusting and disturbing. What if he had like a toenail fungus and you're taking that toenail fungus, that athlete's foot 
and you're putting it in his coffee. What if he just went outside? And, what if you just walked out barefoot outside, and now and then all of a sudden you take that dirty ash stuff that you found on the floor, and you put it in his coffee? What you're doing, what he does, is disgusting. What you're doing is unhealthy and unsafe, because whatever contaminants are on his feet, you're taking and putting in his coffee. So you're both fucked up. You should approach this in some type of adult manner. This passive-aggressive shit is definitely a chick move or a uh, weak male move. And uh, quite frankly, I think you're being juvenile. What he's doing is juvenile, and your response is juvenile. And uh, I wish you a lovely divorce. What's the next TikTok? What's the next TikTok? <laughs> Comparable. What's the next dig Q&A? Was I wrong to run away after my parent was I wrong to run away after my parents said we were going to Athens and then took me to Athens, Georgia? What's wrong with Athens, Georgia? I went to Athens, Georgia. It's quite it's quite a nice little college town. They got a video game bar there, Street Fighter. I'm 17 and I always wanted to go to Greece. I love Greece so much to the point where I taught myself how to speak Greek, both standard and Cypriot, and I can read ancient Greek. Good for you. I read the Iliad, Odyssey, and many other Homer's books in ancient Greek, and I watch TV, sports, movies, and play video games in Greek, and I got online Greek friends that I want to meet. So that's why I was so excited when my parents said they would take us on a family vacation to Athens. This would be my first time I would leave the country and go on a plane. This happened during an amazing party, but if it was during the only time that we would go to Greece, I would do it. I made a plan plan of everything I wanted to see in Greece, Meteora, Olympicos, uh, Stadium, Acropolis, Plaka, among a few other things all over Athens. If we happen to blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, I get it. Sparta, that'd be cool. I showed my parents this, and they were like, yeah, sure, you can do this. You can do that. We don't care. Trip is in February. We fly to Atlanta. I assumed it was a layover. Yeah, because Atlanta's, Atlanta's a big hub. I assumed it was a layover. We land, and my parents said we need to get to a ho- need to get to a ho- the hotel and need a rental car. Well, we drive for an hour or so. That's yep, that's what I did. And I fall asleep in the car. And then we get to Athens, Georgia. My parents say, "Hey, we're here." Wake up, sleepyhead, and I see a sign that says, "Welcome to Athens, Georgia." My sister starts laughing her ass off, and my dad starts giggling. I asked them if this is a joke. They said, "No, we were going on a vacation to Athens, Georgia, to my dad's friend's lake house." I had never been more angry in my entire life. We were at a gas station, and I argued with my parents. I told them. I told they are pieces of shit because I missed my friend's birthday party for this boring ass trip in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. And this was some like some fucked up joke that everyone knew about but me. My parents, of course, kept keep screaming at me saying I'm a disrespectful brat. And I told them to go fuck themselves. And I elbowed the car window and my angry several times breaking it but cutting myself. I ran on a bus going to Atlanta. My parents are telling me to come back. I told them to fuck off, and I called my friend who used to go to my school but goes to university in Atlanta. He picked me up, and I've been at his place and his girlfriend since school got canceled in Missouri, but not soon after. Jesus Christ. All right, yeah, kind of a shitty joke, but you are you're an angry person. Um, What the fuck? Okay, hold on. So you... Okay, asked them if this is a joke. They said no. They're go- what happened? I'm not, I we were at a gas. I I told their pieces. I told them they're pieces of shit. the The way they wrote this is all fucked up. I told them they're pieces of shit uh, because I missed my friend's birthday party for a boring ass trip in the middle of nowhere in Georgia, and this was some fucked up joke. 
My parents, of course, screaming at me, saying I'm a disrespectful brat. I told them to go fuck themselves and broke the car window. Hmm. Broke the car window. So you, all right. Clearly you're upset. I told them to fuck off, and then you went to Atlanta. All right. Um. Wow. Well, the coin. You know what? Are you eighteen? Okay. You're seventeen. Okay. I. All right. You know what? At this point, I think you should just move out. Okay. Here's what you should do. I don't know how you're going to solve. I'm, I don't know who's to blame here as far as you're clearly an angry female. You wanted to go to Greece. And for some reason, they thought it was funny to uh, send you to Athens, Georgia. Or go on a vacation to Athens, Georgia, which is a nice town. It is. It's a college town. Uh, go Bulldogs. And they thought it was a funny joke. And you clearly were upset. And you broke the window. You, However, you broke the window in their car. Well, I, I don't know what to do about that whole argument and family breakdown. Uh, I think you should just uh, move out. That's what I think you should do. Clearly, you want to go to Athens. I think you should... You know what? If you want to go to Greece so much, I think you should just move there. I. You know what? Yes. You're, eight, you're 17, 18. I think you should just pack up. You have your passport, obviously. If, you've been pl- if you were planning to go to, to uh, Atlanta... No, no, excuse me. If you, were plan- if you thought that you were going... You ha- clearly have your passport. Okay, you were going to go to Athens. Well, go to Athens. If that's your dream, go to Athens. Go to Athens, live there. You speak the language. You want to read up on it and stuff like that, then just go there. Go there, get a job, or find a way to make money, OnlyFans.com, and figure it out. And that's your life now, or for however long. Clearly, you don't like your parents. Clearly, you're upset with them. Uh, and you want to go to Greece. Well, then just fucking go to Greece. What else do you want me to tell you? What else are you going to do at this point? What else is there to say? You're mad at your parents. You want to go to Greece? Go to fucking Greece. You're, you're, I mean, you're 17, which, I mean, if you murder somebody, you could be charged as an adult. But if, at this point, if you're planning to go there and you're going to be 18, well, just plan to go there. Plan your trip. Go to 18. Get your passport and all your shit approved and just go. And that's it. If that's your dream, you pursue your dream. And whatever happens after that, I don't know what else to tell you. But clearly, this situation escalated to the point where you broke your parents' window in the car. I don't know if you should pay for it. I think you should. I think you should pay for the for the window to be repaired. That's probably going to be a solid 250 bucks right there. And then after that, all your other money and resources should go to just going to Athens. I don't know what you're going to do. People move to New York City uh, with no money in their pocket all the time. People move to Los Angeles with no money in their pocket all the time. People start their lives over with no money in their pocket all the time. If that's where you want to go, then go. I support your dreams. You're also young, immature, uh, impulsive, clearly have emotional issues, and maybe as uh, you get older, you may be able to address those issues more maturely. But if you want to go to Greece, hey, you go to Greece. You obviously don't like your parents, so okay. Now, as far as the other shit, maybe you have a history of this stuff with your parents. I, I don't know. I don't know. This just, you broke their window and you told them to fuck off. Well, you don't want to be with them and you don't want to go to their lake house. So you definitely didn't. So I would just, yeah, just go to Greece and uh, good luck to you on that one. All right. <laughs> 
Let's see here. Should we go to... Let's see. Is it fair for my partner, Aaron, to let me date... Okay. Is it fair for my partner, Aaron, to let me date other people, but only if they're not named Aaron or Aaron? E-R-I-N or A-A-R-O-N. I'm a bi man in my late 20s in a poly relationship. My primary partner's name is Aaron. One of the rules she mandated is that I cannot date anyone else named Aaron or Aaron. She thinks it would be confusing and awkward, since those are fairly common names. I had to, I have had to reject other Aaron or Aarons several times over the last couple of years. My name is very uncommon, so she doesn't have to worry about this on her side. Overall, it seems like a superficial reason to have, reject, to have, to have to reject someone. Is there any sort of compromise here? We haven't been able to think of any workarounds. This relationship's going to fall apart. Okay, I can tell you that right now. That relationship is not going to work. This relationship is going to fail. I guarantee it. This whole poly thing, and you're not allowed to date another Aaron or Aaron, this relationship is going to fail. There's no reason to really give you any advice because I know this relationship's going to fall apart. You guys aren't going to fall back in love after the, it's It's going to cause a huge argument. It's going to end, okay? This thing right here is not going to work. It's not. It's going to fail. How it fails is up to you, but I can tell you right now, this this it's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart, and um, good luck dating anybody in general because it's it's just one of those things where you can look at a relationship and go, you can look at sometimes look at a relationship and go, yeah, this isn't going to work. You can force it all you want, but it's not going to happen, and this one's going to fall apart. Uh, so let's just move on. Okay. Let's just finish up with this one because I've been stumbling like a fool today. Is it okay for my boyfriend to tell potential clients he's a doctor when he's not? I recently moved in with my boyfriend one week prior to our city stay home order. And so we hear a lot of each other working these days. He's in marketing for hospice care and talks a lot about families and patients to get them onto his company's service. Yesterday, I overheard a call with a family where he called himself a doctor. He's not a doctor in any way, shape, or form. I asked him about it after the call, and he said that the wife, the patient, hates the idea of hospice care, and the son referred to him as a doctor on earlier discussions, so she thought it was just the doctor recommending home care. Am I wrong to have some serious ethical issues with that? I understand how hard end of life is, but pretending to be an MD seems a step too far. I told my boyfriend that I didn't think that was appropriate, but he brushed it off. I don't want him to let him harp on it, but it doesn't feel right to me. Well, understandable. But if you've ever worked with, known or worked with anybody in healthcare in any way, shape, or form, the entire system is fucked up for many different reasons. Okay, and I'm not going to get too political, but the whole system is fucked up. And the mere fact that he pretending to be a doctor where he's not is not even the tip of the iceberg. It's not even a snowflake on the ocean. It's not even close to how screwed up the whole thing is. And uh, quite frankly, maybe he's just in marketing. And in marketing, a lot of people are full of shit. Now, hopefully that's as far as his bullshit goes, and hopefully it doesn't tie its way into the relationship. If it does, you guys may want to have a different conversation and one that has nothing to do with his, <clears throat> excuse me, marketing skills. Um, but as far as him pretending to be a doctor, there's a lot of people who pretend to be a doctor, and uh, they went to medical school. So him pretending to be, him being full of shit on a marketing call, it probably isn't even as bad. So, and you know what? You have your right to it not feel right. Believe me, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's your conscience. And your conscience is is the, is the good in you um, trying to tell you something. 
But when you're in marketing, you make a lot of shit up. You're just trying to get that sale. But you can have that conversation. It doesn't feel right. I get it. But I got to tell you, that being fucked up as far as uh, healthcare system goes, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. Not even close. All right, we're at 58 minutes. I'm done. I don't know what the fuck happened. I apologize with this podcast. It didn't. I stumbled out of the gates, and uh, you know what? That happens. So what the fuck are you going to do? Am I going to re-record this? Nope. I'm going to put it out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hey, you know what? This wasn't my bad, best podcast. You should have seen me in the beginning. Jesus Christ. Actually, I was probably better in the beginning. Oh, look at all these notifications. I got to go get some alpha brain. I ran out yesterday. That probably should explain a lot. Anyways, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podcast Attic, uh, CastBox, TuneIn, uh, Spotify. You can stream it directly from PositiveSarcasm.com. Questions or comments or concerns, probably concerns. You can hit me up at PositiveSarcasm at Outlook.com or you can contact me directly through my website. You can find me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Uh, until then, I will uh, I will talk to you all on Sunday for Sunday Leftovers, which was much better than this one, that's for damn sure. But I'd like to thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing, and hopefully still saying subscribing. But I will talk to you all in a few days. Recorded here at the podcast uh, Spare Part Studios. Am I regressing? God, I hope not. Get your shit together, douchebag. Anyways, I will talk to you all next week. Recorded here at the uh, Spare Part Studios. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.